Cool. All right. Well, welcome to year two of Green Minds Think Alike. Uh, this podcast started a year ago at the Southeast Sustainability Directors Network Conference in Durham. This year, um, we're kicking it off here in Nashville. We've had a, a really uh, good day and so forth here in Nashville. Um, we, had, we started out with a nice um, working with teams on a Game of Thrones um, episode, working through resiliency epi- um, scenarios here. So that was a, a really fun, exciting thing. And um, today here joining me on the podcast is uh, John R. Seidel from the city of Atlanta. So John R., thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, I'm, I'm just so glad to be here with uh, 60 other uh, localities in the Southeast uh, Directors Sustainability uh, Network. And we're, we're working together closer than ever, and that's what it's going to take. And so I'm just so glad to see the representation of so many uh, Southeast-based uh, local leadership here. Right. Uh, give me a little bit of your background, how you ended up in your position and where your position fits in within the city government. Absolutely. So uh, as Director of Sustainability for the City of Atlanta, um, I oversee along uh, with, with my boss, our Chief Resilience Officer, um, not just the implementation of the Resilient Atlanta strategy, but also the ongoing sustainability efforts. Uh, because just a year ago, we were the Office of Sustainability, and now since we've been um, chosen to be a part of the 100 Resilient Cities program, uh, pioneer- pioneered by the Rockefeller Foundation, we're now the Office of Resilience. Um, and, and people are like, okay, so what, what, what does that mean? Um, and the way I would explain it is that we are taking a, a bigger uh, focus on, on equity and making it about how human resilience and how our city can uh, move past any type of shock or stress um, and, and continue to grow and prosper, whether it's uh, a major highway uh, catching a fire and collapsing. I don't know if you heard about that yeah, in Atlanta, yeah. uh, as, as well as you know looking towards uh, heat island effects, how can the city of Atlanta uh, mitigate our, our, our heat islands, prevent preventing floods, as well as droughts through green infrastructure, really looking at uh, our, our initiatives and solutions and not just a very one single focus way, but actually a very comprehensive way. How can one solution actually solve many problems uh, and also make your, your city more resilient to any type of uh, shocks or stress that might affect it in the future? Yeah, with, with Atlanta being such a huge city, uh, worldwide city. Um, can you talk about the makeup of your team um, and how you, you know, you're the manager. How do, you, how do you manage, I'm sure you've got a lot of projects going on at the same time. What is sort of your uh, thought process and how you work through managing those different projects? Absolutely. So as a sustainability director uh, and working with the chief resilience officer, I'd say we could divide our, our teams into a couple different major segments. Uh, first, we have our energy team that's that's led by Megan O'Neill, our energy programs manager. Uh, we're also the first city to have an urban ag director. So urban agriculture is another big piece of not just our sustainability initiatives, but our resilience initiatives because no, <laughs> no city is resilient without a resilient food system. Um, we also have uh, underneath uh, energy, we have uh, water and water efficiency, as well as our alternate fuels and EV uh, programs and initiatives. Uh, and really, uh, that along with our waste and recycling initiatives, those are kind of the, the major uh, chapters within it. And that, that's how we've you know, kind of evolved in the last year. But really, you know, each of us have a, cri- each of us have a critical role to play and 
I would be nothing without my, my team uh, and each person on our team is is has been critical to the success that, that we felt, whether it's urban agriculture, whether it's our energy initiatives. Uh, and and really I depend on on experts as a as a young person, as a, focusing on my skills as a collaborator, as a as a connector, uh, as somebody who, you know, looking for resources to be able to help with these initiatives, um, as well as a grassroots organizer. Uh, I, I definitely uh, I bring you know those skills to the table, and then I lean on the experts to say you know how are we going to get things done? Whether it's our clean energy plan, whether it's our EV ready ordinance, and without them, it, it would be very difficult uh, to to get things done and the things that we've had uh, success with. Yeah. And so I'm very very lucky, and and our our team is is critical, and you know without. Without that team dynamic, it would be very difficult to get things done. So I'm, I'm very thankful. Talk a little bit about the context of being in Atlanta and what makes Atlanta unique in the programs that you're developing. Um, you, you know, how is it that you see opportunities because of what's there in Atlanta, and um, and how can you take advantage of, of those opportunities? Absolutely. So Atlanta, geographical wise, you know, Southeast, uh, we like to think we're the capital of the Southeast, although I'm sure some of my colleagues here would, uh, would uh, like to debate that. And I'm, I'm fine with that because we're constantly uh, collaborating and also competing. To, sure. Uh, so we call it collaboration. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's trademarked that yet, but uh, I'm looking into it. Uh, but, but really what makes Atlanta unique is, you know, Atlanta is kind of a, 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 a dot of progressive uh, policies uh, in, in, a, in a state where, you know, there's definitely pl- political uh, differences and ideological differences if you look, you know, a couple, um, you know, 50 miles outside of Atlanta in any direction. And so what's magical about working at the city is not just, you know, the initiatives that we're, that we're working on in, in Atlanta, whether it's our 100% uh, clean energy policy, we think any, if Atlanta can reach 100% clean energy citywide by 2035, then there's no excuse that other cities, especially here in the southeast, um, can't reach that as well. And we look at that for all of our initiatives. Um, but when I talk about how how Atlanta is that you know one one dot of progressive uh, of policies, especially when you're talking about livability and and, and resilience, we, we look at things like urban agriculture. Um, at, at, at energy efficiency, and many people are like, okay, how does urban ag uh, and energy efficiency make a bridge between people who might have different political ideologies? Uh, one of those examples is uh, the Better Buildings Challenge that was uh, made under President Obama from the Department of Energy, and uh, it's been one of our keystone successes where we've worked with building owners and, and showed them that when you invest in energy efficient and water efficient uh, appliances, uh, not only is it going to save you a lot of money, it's actually good business. Mm-hmm. And, and saving millions of dollars for these building owners has gotten them on board for uh, more, progressive, uh, more progressive policies uh, going forward. But touching on the other side, you know, you got the building owners that, you know, you know they're, they're pulling in a couple million uh, per year regardless. Uh, energy efficiency is also a really key part um, towards, you know, working with our communities uh, of low wealth or that have a high energy burden, uh, meaning that they spend a high amount of their, uh, their, their disposable income on their energy bills. Mm-hmm. 
and and Atlanta is actually number four um, in the nation of of all these cities that were tested for for high energy burden. So when we have a clean energy plan, we want to make it not just a clean energy transition, but we also want to create a model for how can we have an equitable clean energy transition. And that's why uh, energy efficiency is really really key in our clean energy plan. So not only have you proven that it works with the building owners, but you're also proving that it works uh, to the areas that have the highest energy burden. Uh, these areas that have usually have the lowest quality of air, uh, lowest quality of, of fresh water, uh, as well as food access. And, and if you can prove it with both of those, um, then you're touching on the comprehensive solutions that I was talking about earlier. You're, you're talking about, you know, how can you make money uh, back for people, put that money back in the wallet so they can spend it on the fresh food. Um, how can these initiatives make your air cleaner so that they live for a longer period of time and not um, making a bigger burden on what our, our state is already spending on our uh, on our health care mm -hmm. and and so by knowing your audience knowing how to pitch it and having solutions that are well you know well thought on and and, and when I say that I mean the comprehensive ability for these solutions to solve many problems know who your audience is pitch it and however that they care about and whatever they care about uh and and get a win for them first and also get a win for yourself and that that's what we're trying to do here is create models uh not just for the city of atlanta but everybody who's here at ssdn creating a model for how can we bring everybody up uh with these resilience and sustainability initiatives mm -hmm. and so i think that's what makes atlanta unique is um you know it's it's past it, it's it's geography um, it's the birthplace of Martin Luther King and so the, the mix between uh, how can we work with our state uh, agencies um, and create uh, solutions that can build bridges between us and communities of color uh, how can we make it about justice how can we make it about equity and how can we lift everybody up and, and urban agriculture is another really um, fine example of that when you're talking about being able to grow money on trees most in Atlanta, just in 2010, 53% of Atlanta was considered a food desert. So 53% of Atlantans didn't have uh, access to fresh, healthy foods within 0.5 miles of their houses. And they were depending on you know, highly processed foods from, from gas stations or convenience stores. And, and that's, that, that can't be the, the place where you know, you, 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 you're getting your children uh, at, you know, and sending them to school and they're eating all these processed foods, how do you expect them to, to, to do well? I know I, I wouldn't if I lived off of, of Cheetos and highly processed foods like that. What, what is your method of, of outreach? You know, I'm, it's great to hear your, your thoughts on the urban ag and mm -hmm. what you guys are, are doing there and trying to eliminate food deserts. How do, how do you go into the neighborhoods and, are, and, and this feedback? How is it, are you using social media? Are mm -hmm. you, are, is it boots on the ground? How is it that you guys are going out there and seeing, you know, what is it that we can do to help make life better in the city of Atlanta for every income level? Absolutely. Uh, well, I, first of all, uh, community engagement is the most important thing you can do whenever you're thinking about solutions. Because if you go in already knowing or already thinking that you know, you know the solutions, then the things that you implement might actually end up hurting the community that you're trying to help. And so the first thing is to really have, have deep conversations with these with these communities and um, we actually the city of Atlanta has a community engagement playbook where it actually lists out uh, the best ways to be able to, to get that organic community engagement mm -hmm. and so really 
Uh, whether it's for, for I'll just keep on using the clean energy plan as, uh, as an example, you know, having people present at MPUs and having feedback, um, having uh, community conversations that you put on and open up to everybody and make sure that everybody knows that they're invited and that they have a voice in, in uh, how Atlanta's clean energy uh, path is going to be implemented. And, and lastly, you know, for the people who can't make it, uh, for the people who can't be there in person, you know, have, have a survey that allows them to you know, at least be able to do it if they're working two jobs, that are working from home, if they're just not able to get out of their house. Right, right. Um, I, that, that, you know, at least, at least have a survey that allows them uh, to be part of the process and let them know that not only are, are, are you invited, but we want you to have your perspective uh, represented in our, in our solutions because that's the only way that you'll create solutions that will actually benefit the community and you know give them not just what they want but you know what they're expressing that they need yeah you, you started the, the, this next question you started to almost address and that coming in with some preconceived notions as far as you know something you thought you knew about the Atlanta community that as you did research you found out something different right. you know um, you know is, is there an example of something like that that you can think of that you sort of thought you know, this is the answer we need to go after, but really it, it ended up being something else. Yeah, for sure. Um, I keep on referring back to the clean energy plan, uh, and it's something that we've seen from our uh, colleagues as well in, uh, in USDN. And when you do this community engagement around you know, what people want to see out of this pathways, or out of the pathways and the feasibility analysis for the, the clean energy plan, um, and what's prioritized, many um, you know, I thought, you know, most people cared about simply just the cost um, and, and taking that pathway in Georgia, that would be, you know, just basically buying a bunch of uh, national renewable energy credits. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't add any benefit, you know, health wise, if, you know, you're if you're buying recs from, you know, Oklahoma or another state, uh, it's not going to add any new jobs. It's it, it, the, the impacts beyond just being able to say, yeah, we're 100 percent clean energy powered um, are, are, you know, it's pretty, pretty weak. So it's been surprising to hear um, that, that people care more than just about costs. People care about, you know, job creation in their communities. People j care about uh, their, their air being cleaner because their kids, like, like mm -hmm. our mayor, uh, Mayor Bottoms has, uh, have asthma. And so it's a, and like I referred to earlier, uh, in, many, in many ways it's about, you know, justice. And this clean energy transition is about not just lowering the, the energy burden that people are feeling already through um, innovative energy efficiency programs, but actually making it, a, a, a model that other cities can take and it, it, it did surprise me that it's not just the the energy burden and the cost but it's also you know the 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 air and the, the health impacts whether that's the air um, whether that's you know the job creation aspect um, and, and that's that's what it takes you know in order to create the pathway that the community wants you need to know what they prioritize right right so long ways down the road from now, when you hand off this position to somebody else, wh what are you hoping will be completed or goals will be met? You know, what, what are you kind of personally thinking about? This is sort of the, not legacy, but you know, you hope to see these goals met when you move on to something, whatever else it might be. For sure, and here, here's, just a, here's just a couple examples. Um, with our urban agriculture uh, team, our, our, I told you about 
53% of Atlanta being considered a food desert back in 2010. Uh, in 2016, because of the work of Mario Camberdell, our urban ag director, as well as our, as our major partners uh, around the city of Atlanta, um, that's been reduced down to 36%. Um, and in 2020, we wanted to have that down to 25% with you know a future long-term goal. Uh, we got to pick out a date, but I don't want any food deserts in my city mm-hmm. um, and, and in, our, in our neighborhoods because food is such an enabler. Fresh, healthy food is such an enabler uh, where if you, you have access to nutrition, uh, then you're going to do better, uh, whether it's your job, whether it's your kids going to school. And that's really kind of like the first thing, um, not to mention if they can grow their own food. That's, that, that's uh, pretty much the embodiment of human resilience. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just one example. Obviously, with our clean energy uh, plan by 2025, all city-owned operations will be uh, powered by clean energy sources by 2035 uh, citywide. Uh, and so, you know, these are just a couple examples of goals that I, I would like to see. I, you know, I'm not given the, the, the ability to see into the future. So I don't know how long I'm going to be with the city of Atlanta, but hopefully uh, I'll, I'll be able to help in whatever position I am to help the city meet those goals and 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 you know, I know I'll have a lot of community leaders uh, from business, uh, from our grassroots uh, leaders from all sides of Atlanta, uh, our faith-based leaders, you know, doing it with us. Oh, that's great. Uh, John R., thanks for taking the time. I, I think we could go on for, for hours here, but, I, you know, we try to keep these, uh, and we've got another session coming up. But thanks for taking the time. Really appreciate the energy and seeing what you're doing in Atlanta. So thanks again. Thank you, and thank you for giving us a platform to, to, to share these best practices. And um, let's, let's keep up the great work. All right. Thanks. Thanks, John <laughs>